when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead Westworld No, that's the West Wing West, Westworld There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. Hi, hello, and welcome to the The One Show Show, the podcast that takes TV's The One Show out with the promise of showing it a good time and then spikes its drinks and leaves it asleep in a commercial refuse container behind a row of shops and then we'll never see it again. I am John Holmes, and if you are joining us for the first time, then yes, this is where we watch The One Show from the television on your behalf and then report back, sort of like an autopsy doctor, trying to explain what happened and why it's all such a mess to an overworked detective. So this week on The Green Sofas, Matt gets told off on live television. A fat lady gets angry because no one will say she's fat. A dentist takes a picture of some fish and a man wipes another man with a flannel. Joining me to deliberately drive through a puddle right in front of where the one show is jogging is the regular the, the one show show shower Mark Haynes and making his debut appearance presents a podcast, a man co-host of the incredibly popular Wrestle Me podcast, which is why we've got him on as I wanted some of that sweet lycra dollar. It's Pete Donaldson. Welcome hey, along everybody. Welcome along. So many dark images in your intro. Josh. Well, it's <laughs> frightening. It's 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 a mirror. It's holding up a mirror to the underbelly of the one show itself. Yes. I think it's what's going on under the surface. There's, there's definitely a river of ectoplasm underneath the one show. Exactly isn't it? that. Yeah. It, on the surface, it's a glossy, bright, happy, fun place to be. But yep. we all know. We all know, really, under that, it's just shit. <laughs> every every few minutes, there's a little chink, and you go, there's yeah. a little, what's that going on yeah. behind uh, that? This is, something weird. This is like you, you are pitching for Charlie Brooker's 
Black Mirror season five. <laughs> and, and I bet you there'll, there, there'll be a magazine show yeah. that is uh, absolutely infested by the spirits of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. So anyway, look, welcome along. Do you watch, a uh, question we always ask, of course, but have you, do you watch The One Show normally? Have you ever watched it before or did you just have to do it for this? Uh, I will love you. This is the first time I've ever seen The One there Show. You but you're uh, aware of its reputation. I'm aware of its reputation yeah. and its pedigree and it's been there for a long time, but yeah. I didn't realise it just moves so damn fast. <laughs> <laughs> we, me and Mark review wrestling for a, for a kind of a job, and That's right. it seems to move a lot slower. Yeah, but it, this is all compressed in a half an hour of just it's it giving me the emotional bench just thinking about yeah. it. It's just yeah, up and down. It is well, right. that's, that's what they do. That that's how they get you. It's mm. it's sort of like I mean, most of it, if you think about it, most of it is really boring shit stuff. Mm. But because it's so fast, it doesn't matter. Because uh, as they always say, if you you're really bored by a bit of shit stuff, mm. don't worry. There's another boring bit of shit <laughs> stuff in a minute. It's fine. <laughs> it's like someone going through a local free paper and just screaming out the stuff at you. Yeah, and you're going well. You know, I don't quite know how to stop it. <laughs> Bins shake. Death. <laughs> Catalytic <laughs> converter theft. <laughs> Coronavirus. Ah. You know, it's exactly that. Now, I I, uh, I know we didn't all watch the same programmes mm. this week, but that's good because we'll have a spread of the whole thing, yeah. much like the coronavirus is doing <laughs> around the country. But I'm going to start on Monday. I don't think you two saw Monday. No. But the reason I want to mention it is because we've had a little issue on this podcast before, or rather I have, mm. with with Rylan. Yeah. Right? right. Rylan, the, the teeth-based presenter. Yeah, and I Rylan. think Rylan is a yeah. great addition yeah. to uh, Britain's culture. I yeah. think he's, he's a good guy. He's on television. He yeah. has a knack for presenting. Whereas he winds me right up just to look at him. Yeah. Mainly because of the teeth, right? I'll be yeah. honest with you. So when he was on it, my heart sort of sank. Mm. And I was like, oh, fuck, I've got to go through this Rylan shit again. However, I'm here to tell you, he won me over. I'm joining us this evening is the man whose front of house is Rylan Clarkney. Rylan! Oh, Rylan. Oh, That's Spice Girls. Oh, I'm going to come more often. Yes. Quite a little party. So, it's been a bit of a brick. Oh, oh, no, get out. Oh, really, seriously, he did, right? So he's on the sofa on Monday, mm. and it starts off with Alex. Now, I they did this really well, right? Mm. So we were coming back, first one back of a new season, you know, and you think, here we go with the same old shit. No, it turned out not for this opening seven minutes of the one show. Mm. I was impressed. I was like, oh, this could have pulled the rug from under our entire podcast idea. <laughs> this is quite good. So Alex said to Rylan, I was listening to your Radio 2 show in the car on Saturday. Mm. And Ryan said, right, she said, I was fascinated by the guy you had on who, who could work out what you'd eaten in the past 24 hours from your voice. And you're still doing Radio 2 on the weekends. Yeah, still there. And I tell you what, I was in the car on Saturday and... I- I don't know who he was. You had this guy on, like, the, an American the bloke. He was man. amazing. And Ryland went, oh, uh, oh, I know. I Absolutely d- amazing. Didn't understand. Oh, I've been trying to get in touch with him again. I've been researching him. He's a gastroenterologist, scientist. And the idea is that by the how you speak, he can tell what you had to. And, and they said, yeah, we've got a clip. I tell you what, we've got a little clip, I think. Have let's, you? Let's have a listen. Yeah, so I am, as you said, a, a gastroenterologist. I specialize in the larynx, and I have this, I suppose it's a bit of an obsession, really, between the relationship between what we eat and how that makes us sound. I, I, I get people to count back through 10, and yeah. then I can work out, by the way that they're saying those numbers, what you've been eating in the last 24 hours. Oh, okay, in the last 24 hours. So they showed this uh, you know, a clip of Ryan, it's sort of mocked up in animated form, because it's radio, Right. Uh, of this guy on the phone saying, well, you, your voice sounds quite meaty. You, I think you've had a meat-feast pizza. And Ryland's mind is blown, <laughs> because he's had a meat-feast pizza. And he said, and also, you paste, you've had a pastry as well. He, he was like, well, yeah, oh, wait. 
I just had a Greg's. I just had a Greg's. And, and they were going, I know, but it's all right. We've tracked him down. And Ryan's going, you've got him on the show. Yeah, he's on the phone now. So they dialed out to this guy, mm. right? Two ringtones happened. Right. And then a dialing sort of ringtones. And then a mobile behind the green sofas rang. Matt reached behind, picked it up. And then said hello in the voice of the doctor. It turned out the whole thing was a spoof. It was Matt Baker on the phone to Rylan doing a prank, uh-huh. pretending to be a man who could guess what he's had to eat, when really he knows what he's had to eat, because all the people around Rylan have told you him. You managed to track him down, okay? Stop it! Yeah, I know. Right? Let's give him a ring then. Go on. Yeah. Just think my bubble, look on my hat. Is it actually him? Oh. Hang on a second, the phone's ringing here. <coughs> Hello, Brett Markham. Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope they sack him. <laughs> I hope they sack him. That is absolutely unacceptable. Waste of everyone's time. Absolutely. You're yeah. going on the BBC and you're saying this. The BBC you're supposed to trust, especially now, yeah. at a crux moment of its career... His career, the BBC's <laughs> career. <laughs> While everyone's trying to dismantle it, and you've got Matt Baker ringing up and going, tee hee hee, um, I know what you ate, a dick. Ah! <laughs> you know, this is yeah, irresponsible. Probably bit it off with your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, and and that, that was the whole first seven minutes, and then they showed, they showed because Matt had filmed himself in his own kitchen, mm. uh, phoning Radio 2, being this bloke. What do you want me to do? So if you could just concentrate on your breathing, and then when you're ready, if you could just in one breath, then count back. Three, two, one. Okay. Oh. Um, oh, I want to start by saying that actually I thought you would be more of a healthy eater than you are. He's really uh, not a healthy eater. No, don't, because I'm going to have a panic attack. <laughs> things like this really freak me out. Go on. I think I can hear maybe like a meaty pizza. Okay, oh. no, I'm going home. <laughs> No, I had a meat piece pizza for dinner last night. Again, I want to see a meat pie, maybe. Right, someone's winding me up in here. I've just had a Greg's. I've just had a steak bake and a sausage roll from Greg. (laughs) Who is it? Move, girls, get up. There's someone under this table. And I can hear a recent sugar hit of cola. What? (laughs) This is ridiculous. Am I right? Am I right? I've just Am opened right? a... Yes! What was his kitchen like? Quite a farmhouse. You know, big, he's a very, right? you know, very... Yeah. yeah, he's got a couple of... Uh, couple, couple of, of do- Couple of donkeys on a spit. You know, he's, he's sort of, <laughs> It was actually quite interesting. And I, but I don't know why they did it. Yeah. So Ryland's on to promote the fact that he's hosting Ready, Steady, Cook. It's coming back. Right, yeah. gotcha. And then he said... Ryland said, uh, oh, I'm so happy to talk about it. Uh, I, I, it was a difficult secret to keep. And I, why do you need to keep the secret that Ready, Steady, Cook <laughs> is... Because I, we had to keep it secret for so long. And then I keep forgetting that it was on today... And now I can actually yeah. say, oh, you've seen it. So, yeah, it's been yeah, so lovely yeah. being a part of it. It's funny, isn't it? He's also the go-to man where they go, we've got an old format, but yeah. we need someone that people like. He did Sweep, didn't he? Yeah, he did Supermarket mm. Sweep, yeah. We call it the business Sweep, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> um, Sweepsters. Yeah, I think I've told this story before, but where I grew up is really close to the house where Dale Winton grew up. Yeah. And uh, his mother was an actress called, I think, Sherry Winton. Right, quite okay. sure. Mm. Uh, but you can tell which house it was because the house is called Winton. She <laughs> 
called it that. She called it her own surname. Yeah. Also, the house where she um, she hanged herself. Um, yeah, that, true. Well, you knew that was coming, Mark, and you lulled us in. I did. Yeah, but, but you're, yeah, like, yeah. you're like yeah. a map maker. D- Dale is no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, there's no one left to be upset by me. <laughs> Just announcing stuff that if you lived in our neighbourhood, you would also, also say on a regular that. basis. Yeah. So, I mean, you could get a, a show format out of this, surely. Which house? Um, who hung themselves here? <laughs> with Richard Bacon. <laughs> yes, it certainly would be. Inevitably, yeah. yeah. Was it off the banisters? That's what it's called. <laughs> it's not actually the worst idea. Yeah, it'd be lovely, it'd be lovely to take three superstitious people around three different houses mm. and they have to guess which of the rooms in the three houses an atrocity <laughs> took place in. Well, let's go back to rooms and atrocities. The one show takes place in a studio. Uh, and so they, they had this whole Ryland thing and I, I don't really understand why they did it but I, why I was impressed was mm. A, mm. the effort they'd gone to to do this and B, Matt's accent was brilliant. I mean, when they first played the clip in, right. I, you wouldn't have known it was Matt Baker at all. I mean, I had no idea. Yeah. I thought it was a genuine clip because that's what they were talking about. But no, it was Matt doing... And I was watching the clip of him in his kitchen, mm. just watching his mouth do American accent. And it was... it was. I mean, I can't do accents at all. Well, he, it was brilliant. He does do a bit of stage work, doesn't he? So maybe there are hidden talents to his previously quite bland bow. <laughs> I cannot believe this. I've been done. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going big. I'll put that up now and you can have a listen to the whole lot. Yeah, there were clues, though, weren't there? I mean, when you explained to me, I was shocked. Look at this. What? Okay, so the name of the guy, Brett Mackiam. Brett Markiam. If you you rearrange them, look. I'll leave it out. Leave it out. (laughs) You know what? I'm going home. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you went in on Tuesday. Yes, Pete, did I you? All right. So, uh, oh, was it Tuesday, Wednesday? Uh, yes, Tuesday, I mean, Wednesday. It all Wednesday. Blends it, I mean, into... It's all. I mean, they seem to use one little documentary piece for two days. So, mm, yeah, shit, cheating a little bit. I didn't realise that was. A, is that a thread that they do if they've got like a piece? I mean, this time it was about archaeology and digging up coins yeah, on yeah, farmers' yeah, yeah. land. They they sort of spread it over two days. Yeah, yeah, that's right. With very little peril or kind of like <laughs> like oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. What do you do if you happen to dig up buried treasure? Well, Natasha has been finding out. Every Monday morning is is a, a wait for the phone to ring to say, I found this. The saying goes, finders, keepers. But when it comes to finding historical artefacts, that's not always the case. Peter Reval in Shropshire is one of the 38 finds liaison officers based throughout the country. Any archaeological objects unearthed by a member of the public that could be treasure have to be declared by law. Wasn't the big Time. question they're asking is how much is a thing worth? Yeah, it looked like a bit of a chocolate orange. It was like <laughs> a golden chocolate orange. How much is this worth? I don't care, mate, to be honest. Less than you'd think. Less than you'd think for, for two days of, uh, yeah. of waiting for it. Yeah, and for a 3,000-year-old object. You're, you're a bit <laughs> exactly. like, wow, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's literally not even worth £100 per year. But it just mean, it, yeah. ju- it just seemed like there was a sort of, well, you have to share the money with the farmer whose ground you found it on. Mm. And it Which was what, what Matt Baker, because he owns all tracts of land <laughs> in Britain. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Baker jumped on that immediately because he brought that up. Did he? He was like, 50% goes for the landowner. And if landowners get half, uh, let's find out how much it's worth. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Someone's all read up on he's, landowners' yeah. treasure he's, rights. He's had a hot air balloon landing his land yet, yeah, right? I'm, I'm keeping this. I legally own anything that's been in contact with the ground. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, this, this uh, I think I saw the second part of this. Right. And they were, I mean, this was quite dull. The thing is, treasure sounds exciting. Yes. Yeah. But, it, but it 
never is. And the things that they find, I mean, they never find like a crown full of diamonds that you go, yeah, that's no. obviously worth, worth a lot of money. They'll find something small and gold and go, well, actually, this tells us that it wasn't just the Romans who had this particular type of, and you are literally nodding off while they're explaining it. We've got a couple of Roman coins. They aren't the best examples in the world, but they've spent 2,000 years or 1,800 years in the soil. You've got a coin of, of Constantine there. So you've got his bust on the front and he's going to date from around about the 320s, 330s. I'm completely amazed because you knew exactly what these were off the top of your head. Does that mean the value is low? Are they commonplace? They're relatively common finds. I'd say Alan's not going to go home and, and get rich on it, but actually sort of the archaeological knowledge of these things outweighs their, their financial value. I normally give them to the landowner. It's nice to give back to the farmers to say in their field that they've had numerous All you want to know is that antique roadshow. Tell me what it's worth. You know. I, I, I do think that men and it's always men who <laughs> hunt for things need to value their time. Exactly. Put a price on your time and then factor whether it's worth it. Exactly. I, I'm interested in, in, in all this. I love it and I found this boring. <laughs> I, I really did. I really did. The one show's technique of taking something that could be interesting yeah. but rendering it yeah, boring it even is. for people that are interested in Giving it. Giving it all the resources and oxygen it could possibly need yeah. and then just... They, Shocking it. they did a little bit where they said, we're, we've actually sent two archaeologists out to the place where this was found. And uh, what they were hoping for was they'd go, <laughs> look, it's a crown with diamonds on. <laughs> and the two archaeologists, they found a log that looked like it might have been in, it might have been cut in half by another implement. And they were holding up this piece of log saying, so 3,000 years ago, something could have struck this, yeah. and that's made that... We started excavating in this location, and we found a piece of wood that actually has evidence for tool marks on it. You can see this is a, this is a chopped edge, but what this shows is this piece of wood has been worked probably with a with with a metal tool. But this is extremely exciting. It's incredibly exciting, and I would say that this is our version of, of a golden object. It's a log. It's a log. <laughs> it's, a log. it's a log. And you're, they spend a minute telling me that I should be excited to see a bit of broken log. Yeah, stick it up your asses. <laughs> Great. They only have to fill a minute. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, yeah, that's, and that's, that's their best yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, fine yeah. to turn around and go nothing. <laughs> Yeah. I'd rather have nothing than go six pebbles, a log. Imagine the rushes, multi-camera, <laughs> all those noughts and ones stored on a on an Amazon server in Iceland somewhere. Yeah. For what? That. <laughs> he actually said... That's less valuable. Holding the log up, the man had no shame. He said, this is our version of a golden object. It's a log. <laughs> it's a log. Uh, it's a sort of metaphor for the whole program. But by that virtue, crimped, crimped off a log, yeah, just, and you're watching it on the fucking but television. If that's your version of golden treasure, then anything mud. <laughs> the golden treasure. I've won. Where's my money? <laughs> the, the the Monday because uh, we came back in after you know three months off. Mm. Um, I was very pleased to note though that the first film in was about single use plastic. Wonderful. I mean, it, of course, it hasn't gone away. It's what they do best. Or right. Worst, yes, depending worst, on your point worst. of view. Um, and this was a piece of... So they've run out of... Uh, at least they've run out of just pointing a camera at a beach right. and going, look at the plastic. <laughs> now, this was, this was uh, again, the dullest moment, I think, of the week was just a, like a three, four, five-minute film about recycling car seats for children. Out we come. <laughs> Morning, ladies. Yeah. Right, that's it. Friends Rebecca, Natalie and Caroline... All have children who've outgrown their child car seats. All right, in the back. And now they want to know what to do with them. 
And that was that was it. A man just took it apart and went, look, it's got foam in it, it's got polystyrene, it's a bit of plastic, mm. and um, there. Probably, and you go, oh, probably God. Probably an apocalypse you could beat in that. Yeah. <laughs> that will be our version of Golden Treasure. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how we soundproofed the studio. <laughs> Got a couple of car seats. There was a nice bit going into it, though, where they... Because they'd set up this whole Ryland thing about presenting Ready, Steady, Cook. Mm. They did a 10-minute live, as was, 10-minute Ready, Steady, Cook challenge, where mm. Matt and Alex had to be peppers and tomatoes or something. Right. Teams, and cook some shit from scratch in 10 minutes. But Ryland took it then... To, this is why I liked him. Took over the hosting of the one show because they were relegated to contestant status. Mm. Gotcha. So Ryland is now in charge and doing the autocue and handling the whole. And he did it like a, a dream. I mean, yeah. I was like, oh, this guy is actually pretty good mm. at this telly life. You need to move quick. We are doing this live, okay? There is no telly 10 minutes. This is a real 10 minutes on the one show. I'm going to leave you two to crack on. No, I'm going to do this link, darling. I can't help. I'm the host. It's only when you see him actually doing stuff. When you when you see him in the papers and things, he just seems like, oh, he's another one of those, yeah. you know, yeah. just useless presenter people. When he actually does it, you go, okay, he's got something. Yeah, he and had. The thing he's got is he makes other presenters look quite bad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you suddenly realise that, you know, Alex is back, and I hadn't seen her for a long time, and she had a real sort of... I don't know, like, like she wasn't trying, mm. but she was being a bit sort of offhand with the whole thing. There was a bit where, like, her earrings fell off. And, and, and she she was doing that bit about the treasure. The archaeologist ran off. Yeah. <laughs> I've got your treasure. <laughs> I've it got fell it. Off. And she just went, oh, cheap. 20. Top shop. And then it was sold at auction. Oh, see, now your jewels oh. are falling off. I'm so excited off. that my <laughs> earrings are falling off. I know, that's the replacement. expensive ones, I'll tell you that. Like <laughs> that. And it's just your two casual. Job you good job you don't have sponsors. Well, yeah, exactly. So Ryland's, Ryland's casual and is good yeah. and enjoyable to watch. And the thing about Ryland that I quite enjoy is I know the level of uh, TV presenter, which you don't really see that often anymore, but the, the ones who sort of grew up doing a bit of T4, they'll be furious at his success. <laughs> yeah. Furious. Yeah. But I would like to ask, what's happening with Ainsley? He's, yeah. he's yeah. still alive, presumably. Yeah, yeah. he is. Do you yeah. know so what? Does he not get a... Does Do you know he not what? I didn't to... click on it, right. but I saw a news report this morning mm. that said Ainsley Harriet receives a very special MBE. So I don't know anything more about it than right. that. I'm what like Rain Man. I'm like Rain Man. I saw it for a split <laughs> second and it's been logged. There um, was a, there was a bit at the end of uh, Mondays where they showed they they, had, they did a call out for for the viewers. Mm. Send us your pictures and your memories of the original Ready Steady Cook. So it's people who've been on it, old right. contestants, sending in pictures of themselves with the with the chefs. So gotcha. they held up these pictures as they do at the end and said, "Oh look, here's one with Anthony Worrell Thompson." And you oh. go, "Well, yeah, well, um, thief." Uh, and then. <laughs> Then there was one with Ainsley, but then there was one with another chef, but no one knew who he was. This is from Calvin back in 2001. There with Ainsley. That is amazing. Molly's dad was on the show with Anthony Worrell Thompson. And Very this good. is Pamela here. Who's she with then? Oh, him. He's with him. <laughs> <laughs> right on the back of the card. Nobody knew who he was. James Martin, he got his great in that show. Right, he's one of my least favourite people on television. <laughs> he really is. I find him, actually, I, I think he's sinister. All of television history is contained in the Box of Delights. I've climbed up Nelson's column once before. These are small. And put it down in front of Backpush. I'm Julia Rayside. Join me and my guests as we dip into our favourite TV memories. Boys, you can't tell me what to do, you ain't my mother! I love it when a plan comes together. Come and tell us what yours are too. We've all been told we can't discuss nominations. It's a bit of car air. Shut up, put a novel on the top. I think I like you, Lovejoy. Find us on Twitter at... Fox Delights Pod and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There was a, the bit when they went in to, uh, and this is what came, this came across as sinister, mm. when they went into the, the, the clip of the, the, the plastic fucking car seat thing. Yeah. Mm. Ryland had sort of had to take over. And so he sort of introduced it and, and I was thinking, oh, not plastic again. But in the background, it, Matt's, Matt's gone. Matt is now not paying attention to the television programme Matt is in charge of. Too because casual. He's, Too he's, casual. Because he's obsessed with winning this cooking mm. thing and beating Alex. So Ryland goes, I'm ready, steady, cook. We gave up using plastic bags for the new series. We're using uh, Hessian bags for life as the sort of novel thing they give the contestants. Um, and with that in mind, here's a film uh, about recycling plastic. And, and just before it cuts Matt in the background just shouts cauliflower rice uh, right ready steady cook has swapped out his classic plastic bags in favour of a hessian bag for life and as the war on plastic continues more changes like this need to be made take a look cauliflower rice <laughs> <laughs> Ryland is that the first time you ever said hessian yeah <laughs> yes, it is uh, I, I actually found this coming back I found the two episodes I watched it seems very very Brexit to me the show it more Brexity than usual? Yeah, or? much more right. Brexity than okay. usual. There was, it was a weird thing where there was no more looking out and sort of going, here's some people with a great idea to revolutionise this, that, the other. And they were doing this really weird local fascination where they were, they, there was a, a big uh, part about a nursery in Hampshire mm. that had been vandalised. Yeah. Um, and it was obviously done by kids, which they didn't mention, uh, because it was just nothing had been stolen. Mm. Someone had just got in and they'd thrown paint everywhere they'd taken the paint off the side of the nursery and they chucked it over everything now twenty thousand pounds worth of damage was caused at a nursery in hampshire they splashed paint on carpets smashed electrical equipment all of this taking place this is the damage left after a nursery school was vandalized in portsmouth and there was a big thing about you know how the local community were turning up you know to, to donate toys and things and uh, it was a sort of push like that i thought there were a couple of things one they didn't actually say this has to be insured 
this has to be insured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, yeah. You know, no that, that, that was never mentioned. Yeah. You would not be operating a nursery of this size without insurance. And all the paint is wiped clean poster paint. I'm just saying, guys. Exactly. <laughs> just, they, they did show them actually, like, you know, they'd left it for the cameras to be in yeah. as bad as it could be. And then there was a brief bit where they showed someone sweeping. And it seemed like everything would pretty much come up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you, but, you, but they brought you and Thomas as the main presenter. Yeah. And now, you and Thomas, uh, a member of um, the celebrity wrestling ITV show <laughs> back in the day, I seem to recall, um, with Roddy Piper, he um, he appears, uh, and there's a, there's a bit of menace about him. Yeah. He's big, he's imposing, he's the bad boy of athletics, and th- there's a part of me that reminded me of like the, the arsonist returning to the scene of the crime. Yeah, like he was somehow involved <laughs> in this desecration of a nursery. Can you give us an outline of exactly what was damaged or taken? The damage are interactive whiteboard, which the children use as a learning tool. A whole box of IT resources. All of our paint, our art stuff is completely gone. It looks to me like these vandals have just almost thought it's a bit of a laugh, we're going to go in and cause a load of trouble and run round and be chaotic, but they don't realise the impact this is going to have on a number of people's lives. Yeah, we, we've, we've all done this before. We've all broken into a nursery <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. and trashed it just for shits and giggles. <laughs> but, but they had a thing where well, basically the one show was saying, so, so help them out, everyone, help mm. them out. And there was a sense of, you know, aren't the British people great? in adversity when they get together. And that yeah. is a message that I'm sort of seeing again and again and again. Yeah, having, having to sort of pick up the slack for an uncaring government. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> there was an interesting brexit moment on, I think it was Tuesday, Miriam Margulies mm. was mm. was on. Did you see this? I Did saw this one, yeah. yeah. Um, and she's always quite good value as a guest, because we've talked about She's been on it. She's unpredictable. She's a hand grenade. Yeah, she yeah. is. A, a, but they know that, and it's just quite fun watching them trying to shut her down. Did you see the bit where <laughs> And she just started having a go at the woman who won the British photographer thing yes. for not being oh, British. It was magical. It was like, it, I remember seeing an old episode of Bullseye where um, a, a mixed race lady was uh, competing back in the late 70s. And Jim's like, so, so where are you from, my love? And she was like, I'm from Birmingham. Yeah, but like, really, where are you from? <laughs> and, it, and it had that God. same sort of end where it was it like did. going, no, yeah. where, where, where are you from then? It's called the most promising British underwater photographer that they like this image best. But where are you entrance. from? You're not British. Uh, thank you. Uh, I have a British passport, I think that's why, and I entered from Britain. Uh, that's the reason I'm called the most promising British. But where were you but born? You are right. I was born and raised in Turkey. I'm Turkish. Ah. 100% my DNA is Turkish. I was educated there as well. Because she, she had a Turkish accent. <laughs> A Turkish <laughs> accent, and she won. You know, she is the British underwater photographer, young British underwater photographer of the year, or something. Um, and uh, and M- Miriam didn't like that. She didn't like it. She was, she, and she leaned forward just in the interview. Not her time. She's had her time. <laughs> and Matt sort of chatting to her, about, and she just said, "Where are you, where were you born? Oh. <laughs> where were you? Yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's like, and she, if a woman, if a woman of uh, of ancestry outside the uh, outside Britain has to be on primetime uh, BBC television saying, I do have a British passport. Oh, I'd... Something's gone awry. Yeah, this is, you yeah. failed to control your other I, guests. I, I, she said, a new she thing. Said, I've got a British passport, and, but Miriam was, wouldn't let it go. She wouldn't let it go. Papers? <laughs> she just went, Papers? She said, she, said, she said, I've got a British passport. She went, well, you sound foreign. No, but, I mean, you uh, sound foreign. Uh, I am, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but throughout this whole exchange... 
which wasn't lengthy, but it felt it. Yeah. Matt and Alex said nothing. No. They just yeah. did not want to get involved. Let it happen. And you could hear their bot, their anus, their ain't I, uh, just sort of 50p, 5p, 50p, 5p, uh, just puckering at the fear of Miriam Margulies. Just slight, you sound all the, foreign. The slight thrill of it as well. Just, yeah, I'm interested too. <laughs> Where is she from? So mysterious. Go on, Miriam. Oh. You, oh, Miriam's asking the questions we can't, but we all want to know the answers well, she to. found on my land. <laughs> Do I own half of her? But they introduced that entire section. The weirdest thing was, like, they, they basically went, we're going to see a dentist in, in Leicester becoming the underwater uh, photographer of the year, but first, we're going to go to the Dorset Coast, where a marine biologist is on the lookout for, for a bream, and he, and he rocks up and he says, I'm really interested in underwater photography. I'm Matt Doggett. I've been a marine biologist for the last 15 years or so, and combined that passion now with my love of diving and underwater photography. So we've got two sections yeah. about two different men and women dealing about with <laughs> underwater photography so, and they're not connected. What, that you see, what Plan you've done, your week better. What you've done there is, is, is zoom straight in on an absolute one-show thing. Right. So what they've got, and we've established this, what they do is they record dozens and dozens of shit, boring films yeah. around the country, put them on a shelf and wait and hope to God that something will turn up topically. The weather's always they, different. There you go, they can link it to. So, yeah, underwater photographer. But hang on, here's a film off the shelf about a man who photographs Bream. Brilliant, we can put them together. And the way we knew that this was off the shelf, because obviously we know, because yeah. we watch these things a lot, so obviously I was going, well, this is off You're the shelf. You're not supposed to watch them critically, no. and that's why if no. you do, you begin to see the mechanics. <laughs> you, be- you, you, do, and you begin to be as twisted as we are with the whole thing. But I thought, oh, it's off the shelf, yeah. And then this guy, yeah, underwater photographer, uh, likes black bream, so he'd gone filming black bream. Oh, off the where do- are these bream from? Where are they born? <laughs> foreign bream coming over here to our breeding grounds and laying their fucking yeah, eggs. I guess the fisheries uh, is quite a big deal in Brexit town, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. it is. Yeah. So it was topical for that. But then he was talking about the, the, the spawning and breeding grounds of these bream. I mm. mean, fascinating one show <laughs> stuff, this. Uh, and then he, he, and he was self presenting. You know, sometimes they get an expert to self present, and he yeah. sort of said, But you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to be a new father. Myself, and so I identify with the bream. I live in Southampton with my wife Polly and our two-year-old son Oliver, and we've got another one on the way in about a month's time. And that kind of coincides nicely with a project that I've been working on for the last three or four years. How and- weird to sort of just be talking about fish breeding and going, of course, this is very similar to my own life. Well, well, he's, just- he's saying, I've got my, my wife at home, she's, uh, she's pregnant with, with, an, with another baby, and it's like, and then at the end of the piece, they do like a retrospective, and they have their baby. As for me, I hope to be heading out more, but that all depends on when fatherly duties will take over full time once we have our new arrival. But I will be thinking about what those black bream are up to. I've met this man for like a minute uh, and a half. Yeah. I don't give a shit about his family. But this is how we knew. So it said she was pregnant during the film. Mm. You know, that's what they talked about, his wife. And then afterwards, they did that thing of just going, ah, uh, oh, well, now, of course, um, since we made that film, uh, the, the family have had a baby. Here's a picture. Well, since making that film for us, Matt's wife, Polly, has given birth to their second son, Charlie. There they are, the whole lot of them. And this kid's nine now. <laughs> <laughs> Got a mortar board on. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, been yeah, hanging around, so, that boring so, film. How is he? Yeah, fine. He's just taken over um, Northwestern Railways. Uh, he's forty-two. Um, weirdly, you say that about the, um, the 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 thing of going. I don't want to be in your life. There was a video on Thursday which I will put up quite quite happily as being the worst ever one show video I've ever seen. Right wow. now, wow. now this is so bad because it's so basic. It was about a woman getting a puppy. 
to replace <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a dog that had died. Let's have a look. Oh, dear, beautiful. Look, look at the babies. Look, look. For Kim, a new puppy could change her life. I lost me previous dog last year. She was 17 years of age. Everywhere I went, Benji went. He was part of the family. He wasn't, like, just a pet. He was just my sidekick. A Scouse woman, no less. Uh, yeah, a, 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 a woman with a very strong Scouse accent, yeah, which right. I also think is part of that thing where they've gone back and they've got an absolutely wonderful bit of casting. Oh, God, I mean, yes. what a character. She sounded so... What a character. So real. Because, oh. But it was just about her. She had a dog. It died at 18, mm. and the grandson was going, it's very sad. She lost granddad, and then she lost the dog, and I think she should get another one. And she got another one, and that was it. And it was just watching strangers buying a puppy. I'm going down to a dirty puppy farm. <laughs> that one, please. Yeah, she was. with breathing difficulties. Oh, look, isn't he gorgeous? She said again and again. <laughs> it was absolutely it was, gorgeous. It was really, really weird, wasn't it? So strange. I don't, I don't know what it was. What it was trying to do. And also, we've asked this question before. I don't know that we've ever had a definitive answer. But where did that woman write to the one show and go, oh, my dog's died and I'm going to get a new one? Or was it some researcher looking through a local paper where they're trying Uh, to just fill time? Again, if it was in a local paper, then the local paper is also very bad. (laughs) I just, I can't understand how on a primetime BBC One show, there is not enough going on that you end up doing a five-minute thing about a woman that you've never met before yeah. buying a puppy. Do you, yeah. reckon, do you reckon there's, like, Facebook... You know those groups that are, like, dedicated to your local town on Facebook? Because a lot of, like, uh, a lot of local rags are, like, syndicated now, so you just yeah. get, like, kind of national news, and, and, and there aren't much... Uh, there aren't many uh, local journalists working, so I think they're just piling on the old... Uh, Stephen selling a unicycle. Let's go five minute filming. <laughs> I almost think it might be just because we have a, a similar sounding um, uh, Twitter handle mm. to the real one show. The, right. the real one show is BBC The One Show. Yeah, yeah. The idiots. They type in <laughs> the one show. And the we, first thing that comes we, up is us, the one show show, right? Because <laughs> we couldn't put the first the in because it's the limited number of characters. Right, yeah. So I, uh, uh, if I go on to that. Onto the tweets and replies, I get thousands of <laughs> morons <laughs> constantly saying, um, Alex looking terrible tonight, BBC wears standards, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll never watch again after what you said about Paul Perro. <laughs> you know, all this sort of thing. And it's just constant. But Paul loads Paul of never them, happened. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> loads of them are people saying, one show, you should cover this, my friend raising money for hedgehogs without limbs. You right, know, that okay, sort of thing. Okay. And I think there must be a certain amount of someone will have written in and gone, my nana wants to get a puppy, um, the one show. Um, can you say thanks to her online for being great grandma? And they're like, track this kid down, send a camera crew. It's something. Think of the gold they're missing, given that we're getting most of their messages. I mean, they're, yeah. just, they're honing in on the ones they get, but we've, we could just start forwarding them. Yeah. We could pick, we could basically editorially pick and design it, it the future would, of the one show. It would from our really, really help as well if people who are on the one show who are famous didn't say so much fun doing you know the one show with these if they could put the BBC one in that'd <laughs> yeah. be great because again I wade through dozens of things going looking beautiful there Angela kiss kiss 
um, ba- babe, um, you should be permanent. And it's just this Looks constantly. Looks like fun, Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but this was also, this was Thursday's episode, wasn't it, with the, yeah. with the dog film? This yeah, was as, also as bad an episode as you will ever see. Oh, absolutely awful. I mean, Susan Kalman. Right, so the, <laughs> the, 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 the obsession with cooking this week. So they did Ready, Steady, Cook with Rylan and his... Yep. Um, uh, what the f- He's uh, taking over, yeah, and, and Hessian bags. The Hessian bags and steaks and cauliflower rice that Matt was obsessed with. <laughs> and then Matt's hob didn't work, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Oh, wow. And there was that barely controlled rage of Matt underneath <laughs> when he realised his hob wasn't working. This is bullshit! Uh, what are you, you doing, Matt? We've got an issue okay, with our hob. What's the issue with your hob? I'll turn it on It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> and that Alex might win, you know, because he's taking it so seriously. But yeah, so Susan Kalman's coming back with a programme. Great British menu. Thank so you. Great British menu has been on for a decade. Yeah. Past it, sell by day. <laughs> Never even heard of it, and, frankly. Uh, it's, it, but it's never had a host. Yeah. So what it has is a voiceover that goes, things are hotting up in the kitchen. And three chefs are going, well, I've just got to get me. I don't know what they're fucking doing. Yeah. You know, are they so, cooking like old English kind of like classic? It'll be that, that thing. They, like, they cook for a panel of... found it of, in a Victorian cookbook. They, they pheasant cook, and shite. <laughs> yeah, they cook for a panel of men who are served like meals and sit there going, well, I don't think the jus is as thick as I would have liked. You know, And it's, it's part of this culture of going... Going out and just not eating your food, yeah. but sitting there and going, I once had something a bit better than this, so I'm disappointed. You know, which uh, <laughs> it's worth saying as well. I've met one of those people. I met him at a, a do. I was introduced to him, and it's the old one. And I thought he was a grade A cunt. I thought it was absolutely <laughs> fucking horrible. He was pompous. He he sort of said something that was an attempt to be funny, but was just sort of rude and slightly dismissive. And he sat there with a smug smile. So you can imagine how I am not going to necessarily give this show. The biggest, most warm write-up when I'm telling you about it, but it's just essentially four men refusing to eat their dinner and being faddy. Right, and now Susan Kalman's got to be something. And now to do they're with like, it. "Oh, it needs a host." But what? I don't. It needs a host. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, so they put her in. Um, uh, she's she, she's she often billed as a comic, isn't she? Yeah, yeah often. Yes. You know, not hilarious. Not well, ever hilarious. No, but... Never very funny. She's carved out a very good niche in presenting also quite lightweight... And no, hey, respect to her. Mm. You know, because it was announced at time of us recording this, she's just about to be the new host of Channel 5's uh, other thing called Cruising with, with Susan Calvin. Yeah, she's taking over from... piques my interest before I realised what it actually was. <laughs> <laughs> she's taking over from Jane McDonald, That's isn't right, she? Yeah. She Who, of any... course, has she... contracted coronavirus on <laughs> the last course. Uh, cruise. She's, she's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Has, has she got any kind of background in cruising, in, in, in performing on cruise ships? Well, she may have done cruises before, because Susan Calman, she never really mentions it, but it's worth mentioning that her father is Sir Kenneth Charles Calman, mm. uh, KCB, DL, FRCP, FRCS, mm. FRSE, <laughs> FRCGP. Um, he was the former Chief Medical Officer of Scotland and then of England, and yes. he's now a sort of university uh, pri- uh, chancellor. Pri- privilege! <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> to be fair, we knew the son of a the Queen doctor and he wants shot in a shower so. <laughs> <laughs> shitting in a shower with Susan Kelman <laughs> to Channel 5 uh, what was a, speaking of shitting mm. right a very good I mean very good link there uh, <laughs> Pete, honestly where, where Matt asked the, one of the best questions I've ever heard him ask I think on the one show talking to Susan Kelman about food because she loves food she's a foodie she yeah. loves the food uh, and she, he said <laughs> what, what's the one thing that you ate that has never left you <laughs> that's not how biology works <laughs> <laughs> really heavy I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's still si- 
it's heavy, Matt. It's still in my lower intestine. It's barbarians. <laughs> he was basically saying, what's the best shit you've ever had to Susan Cameron? It was such an odd thing. Oh, again, again, if a child did an interview, I mean, that, Matt's question basically is, what's the nicest thing you've ever eaten? <laughs> you know, a lot so of that. It boils down to, when you, when you, when you couch it in well, that's never left you, you're making it sound more grown up, but he's saying, what is the best, the best, the best dinner you've ever the had? The best light entertainment presenters can have nothing in their heads except the simplest things because as soon as you start asking someone it, you know we've all presented stuff like when you ask someone a question you're thinking in your head this sounds just so simple <laughs> like do you like being in a band <laughs> what's it like being on tour what's it like that's it's Matt's like... favourite go to Matt, Matt's big question um, as regular listeners to this will know is and we always try and spot it when mm. he, he will always open with you know here's a guest and they say you've just appeared in whatever What's it like? And that is his standard. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. How are you live? Yeah, he did it this week. But again, he slightly couched it in a different uh, yeah. way, where on the same episode, he had the author uh, of this new Noughts and Crosses. Uh, Marjorie, Marjorie Blackmore. Blackman. Marjorie, well, well, here's, yeah, hold that thought. So uh-huh. when they introduced Marjorie Blackman, because that's her name, right, uh, it threw me momentarily, because he said, and tonight on the show, the author Marjorie Blackman. And then it cut to a shot of a black woman just standing there, and it totally threw me. I was like, what? Black woman, black man? You what are you doing? tell as well that he got a bit anxious about it. Perfect that we have one of our most successful authors, Mallory Blackman. <laughs> anyway, he said to her, of course, um, uh, you've got your, your big, uh, your book's been turned into yeah. a big BBC Noughts drama. and Crosses. Noughts and Crosses. Of, yeah. um, how does it feel? Tonight, I mean, you've got less than two hours I know, before gosh. the series starts. <laughs> I mean, as the author, how do, you, how do you feel? And it's basically just, what was it like? And so that brings us kicking and podding to the end of part one of this week's The The One Show Show. Join us tomorrow as we continue the journey upriver into the heart of Tea Time magazine show Darkness. But while you're waiting for that, why not pop along to iTunes and rate and review The The One Show Show in a favourable way? Five stars should do it. Or... Five stars should do it. Apparently it helps, although, as I've been saying this for four seasons now, with no discernible effect, I remain unclear (laughs) as to exactly how it helps, given that we continue to languish somewhere down the lower regions of the podcast charts between My Favourite Teeth, a new niche podcast for dental assistants, and True World of Crime, the shoplifter of Maidstone, investigating a bloke who's nicked a shaper's yoghurt from Boots. There's so many true crime podcasts, they've run out of crime. I would commission both of these. So would I. See you tomorrow. Goodbye. Hello, my darlings, it's me, Anna Mann, actress, singer, welder, gotta have a backup. I've been in everything, my darlings, and I've been cut from most things. However, I will not be cut from one thing, and that is my own podcast, Talking to Actors with Anna Mann, where I meet those rarest of creatures, the actors. That's Talking to Actors. Look out for the new series starting soon on The Great Big Owl. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.